Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. We're going to have a good time this morning. If you have your Bibles, uh, every week at Oceans, we open the Bible. I was intending on starting a new series today, uh, but we'll push that back a week. Uh, I felt like God said there's unfinished business, and you cannot talk about returning without talking about Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, theologians all agree, Mark is the greatest name book in the Bible. Just making sure you're still with me today. That's a joke. And notice, man, it was Mark with a K. Come on, Mark, with a C. Uh, We talk about that sometimes. It's a heated debate. But uh, I want to let you know today, we're going to go to Mark chapter 5. I'm going to read 20 verses. If you're brand new to our church, maybe you're watching online, you're like, Mark, what's the big deal? You would say it like this. Maybe you don't believe in God, but during the last 35 or 45 minutes, you have felt something undeniable that's brought peace to your soul, that's kind of shook you on the inside of your core. You might have a mansion. You might be married to a model. You might have had a great life. You may have even grown up going to different churches, but you would say something like this. I've never experienced or felt what I'm feeling or experiencing here now. And I want to let you know what our secret sauce is at Ocean's Church is we love the Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit of God that touches the hearts of men. And my prayer today is whether this is your first time in church or you grew up your whole life in a church and maybe grew up in a and maybe more of a ritualistic church that you had your methods and your, your liturgical practices. I'm not throwing rocks at any of those church today, but I do believe there's something powerful when a church invites the presence of God. And some of you today, you're getting healed. God's restoring you. I even want to tell someone, there's someone that's 37 years old, and there's someone that's been in addiction for 37 years that God is pulling you out today, and he's going to show you his kindness. How many believe that God can deliver somebody today? Anybody believe that? So I'm very excited to be here with you. This is the last series, I think, in our return series. And I want you to write this title down this morning, uh, Born for This. Born for This. I think there's certain things in life that you uh, maybe don't discover until you're 40. Maybe you're 39. Maybe you're 13. Maybe you're uh, 47, 60. There's moments of life that we wake up and we have this moment that we discover, man, there's something about what I'm experiencing that I was actually born for. I was born to do this. I was born to, 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 to be this. I was born to go there, see that, sing that, say this. I was, there's something in me that feels complete in this environment. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about today. Because there is something about returning to God with your whole mind, with your whole heart, and your whole spirit that makes a person whole. I love this story in Mark 5. If you want to know why you should pay attention, I think it's one of the funnest uh, stories in the Bible. It's pretty much if Goonies in the thriller video of Michael Jackson had a baby. Mark chapter 5. You got a cemetery. You got a naked dude that looks like the guy from Goonies. Hey, you guys. You got got this demon-possessed dude coming out. Right? It's a wild story. They actually, uh, before they get here, they cross a uh, 13 mile by eight, uh, 13 miles long, eight, eight miles wide sea to actually come over to a non-Jewish region. We know there's not a lot of Jews in this region because there's pigs. 
Jews weren't allowed to be around pigs. I would say probably one of the tough parts about being a Jew in the Bible was there was no bacon. Can we agree on that? It's a tough crowd here today, but come on, I'd get an amen for the bacon lovers in here. So we know it's a non-Jewish region because there is pigs there. There's 2,000 pigs there. And I'm going to read this story. I'm going to read 20 verses. I want you to stay with me today. And I have a word, whether you're a disciple of Jesus and you go, Mark, I've been serving God for four decades. Or whether you're here today and you go, Mark, I feel like I'm in bondage to some darkness. And I want, there's a part of me that wants God, but a part of me believes I could never really live free. I have a word for both of you today. Is that all right? And here's what I I think is prophetic about this story is that the backdrop of it, it reminds me of California. It's a place that's high. It's a place that's dead. In some ways, there's a cemetery. There's a place with addiction and bondage. And there's a place that disciples were scared to go into. And so I feel like prophetically, God is going to do something in California, like Mark chapter 5, with the disciples, with the demoniac, and it's going to be good. If you believe it, just say amen. You ready to go today? Let's read this together. Mark 5, verse 1, it says, they came to the other side, uh, to the sea, to the county, to the country called uh, Gadarenes. And he had come out of the boat, Jesus immediately was met there, uh, out of the tombs, out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, an unclean spirit. He was demon-possessed. We'll talk about that in a little bit. 61 times in the New Testament talks about demons. And by the way, no one ever had authority over demons until Jesus came to the earth. Verse 3, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even, not even with chains, not even with two chains, not even with a wrapper, come on, because he had often been, uh, he had often been bound by shackles, chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone, anyone, there was no human being with the strength to tame him, goes on, when And always at night and day, at night and at day, he was in the mountains, high places, in the tombs, the dead places, crying out, cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran. He saw Jesus from afar. He saw Jesus from afar. I love verse 6. Verse 6, one of my favorites. He saw Jesus from afar. And he ran and he worshipped him. Afar, he ran and he worshipped him. He cried out with a loud voice. What do I have to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God, do not torment me. For he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? Jesus said, what's your name? The man said, I am legion, for we are many. Also the demon begged that he would not send him out of the country. Don't don't send me out of the country. Now there was a large herd of swine feeding, pigs, feeding near the mountains. So the demons begged him, saying, send us into the swine that we may enter them. Here, ladies and gentlemen, is theological evidence that animals can be demon-possessed. I got a dog. Stay with me. Send us in. So they, they went in. The demons entered the pigs. And at once, Jesus gave him permission The unclean spirits went in and entered the swine. There was about 2,000 pigs. They ran violently down the steep place into the sea, and they were drowned in the ocean, in the sea. How many know, come on, God wants to drown some evil stuff today in the ocean. So those who fed the pigs, they went in and told the city and the country, and they they went out to see what had happened. Then they came to Jesus, and they saw the one who had been demon-possessed, the guy that was crazy, 
that had a legion. He had 6,826 demons. That's the word in the, uh, the, the, the regiment and the Roman military for legion. Uh, a lot of demons inside of him. They saw that guy sitting clothed and in his right mind. Sitting clothed and in his right mind. Sitting clothed and in his right mind. And the world was afraid. Because the world will take you with your brokenness in a rehab treatment center and say that's normal, but going to church two days a week is crazy. Sounds pretty familiar. And those who saw them told them what had happened to him, how he'd been demon-possessed, and about the pigs. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. It's crazy. The city saw transformation, but they didn't want God in the city because they'd rather have bondage with money than no money with God. It's an economic problem. The pigs were their livelihood. Another message, another time. And he got into the boat, and he had he who had been demon-possessed came to Jesus. They begged. He begged Jesus that he might go with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but he said to him, go your home, go, go, um, go uh, home. Yes. Say with you the return. That's why I felt like God said, I want you to share this message last in this series. He said, go home. Say with me, go home. Go home to your friends. Tell them what great things, great things. Anybody believe in a God that does some... Uh, but like in America, we don't celebrate much that's great anymore. But I believe in a God that does great things. Come on, he heals in a great way. Delivers in a great way. Come on, does miracles in a great way. He's a great provider. Tell him the great things that the Lord. The who? The who? The Lord. The kurios is the Greek word. Has done for you. And how he had compassion on you. And he departed. This formerly demon-possessed man. He went to proclaim in Decapolis in 10 different cities all that Jesus had done for him and all. How many? I love it when God gets a hold of someone's life. Because God will do something so great in your life that not some but, come on, not some but, all your coworkers, all your neighbors, all your classmates, all your teammates, all, are you hearing me today? God will do something if you'll let him today so special that not some but will marvel. You ready to go today? Holy Spirit, show us today that we were born for this. In Jesus' name, and God's people said a hearty amen. Amen. Come on, those moments of life, first time you did something, that you just felt alive. I have a friend uh, named Jesse. This guy can actually uh, catch fish in any body of water. I had a joke. I'm going to hold it back. If you guys knew the jokes that I held back, you would think I'm funnier than I actually am. This guy, he can catch fish anywhere, man. I got, I got friends that are great. My friend Steve, catch fish anywhere. Just Some of these people are just wired. They're just good. My friend Chris, he can catch waves anywhere. Doheny, Pipeline, Nazar. Is that how you pronounce it? No? He doesn't probably go there. But come on, he's a good surfer. Some people, they just, man, they're just things they're good at. They're just good at it. They can fix stuff. They can repair things. I always share that I am not handy in any way. But, man, I remember my, uh, my, my sophomore year of high school, there was a school trip on a yellow bus that drove up to Wrightwood, California. Who's been to Wrightwood before? There's a ski resort called Mountain Dry. Mountain High is what they call it, but it's dry all the time. So we left Gangcaster, Lancaster, California. It's a tough crowd today. We left. We drove to Mountain High. I had my blue jeans on, my long johns on, two pairs of socks, some Jordans. Come on. I was ready for the snow. 
My family didn't ski. Come on, that's like that's that's not a sport you do from Gangcaster. Come on. We were sledders. We were once a year sledders. You know you're a sledder when you don't own any snow clothes. It's like, where are you going? The snow. I got two pairs of socks on. It's preparation. So we drove up. I had buddies. We were all dressed in normal clothes. And we got to the mountain. And they're like, hey, we got to go change. I'm like, change? I'm wearing my snow clothes. They're like, you're wearing blue jeans? I'm like, dude, I got long johns underneath. I'm good. I'm a sledder. Okay? And they went and changed into their attire. I rented a board. My friends, they're like, uh, hey, Mark, you really want to learn how to snowboard? Come with us. I'm like, all right, we got this. These guys have been snowboarding for years. So they're like, we're going to the top. I'm like, uh, I've, I, I haven't been snowboarding before. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but when you look at a ski resort, when you're a sledder, yeah. it's a different ball game. <laughs> like skiers look at a resort like, oh, that's great, some blues, some yellows, you know, some, some, some diamonds, some double diamonds. Praise God, this looks fun. Sledders are like, there's death up there. I see... Don't have to be a psychic to see some death up ahead. How do you stop? That's steep. And my buddies are like, Mark, we're going to the top. This is how you learn. You got to go to the top. And uh, so they took me to the very top. There's a run called Conquest at Mountain High. Who knows Conquest? No? So anyways, (laughs) not for sure there'd be a snowboarder here, but I guess we're a little farther away. Um, So we went to the top of this run. It's like the... The pro run, there's jumps, there's rails, there's dragons, there's, there's uh, castles. So we go up to the top. I was intimidated. It's like straight up, steep. I'm like, my heart's beating out of my chest. And my friends, they were kind enough to stay with me for about three minutes. Now you want to stand up, kind of find your balance. Just don't fall. If you're going fast, just fall over. You said don't fall. Yeah, if you start going fast, they'll fall. You'll, fall off the, you'll, you'll go off the cliff here. Uh, but yeah, other than that, you just kind of fill it out. I'm like, with friends like you, who needs enemies? Taking me to the top of the resort. And I remember for the next two hours or so, I was just falling and getting bruised and stumbling and trying to figure it out. But you know what's amazing? By the end of that really foreign, really obnoxiously difficult day, it was a scary day. It was an intimidating day. I saw things that I've never seen before. As a sledder, this was new terrain. Can I get a witness in here? I was like, this is crazy. I've never seen an 80-foot tabletop. I've never seen a, a, a rail that has a bunch of kinks in it. I've never, I've never been in an environment of boxes, all this stuff. This is new terrain. I'm used to sledding and long johns. Two pairs of socks. If we're getting crazy, I'll throw a three-pair on. And I'm telling you that this was a terrifying, terrifying two hours. But it's amazing because there's moments that when your mind opens up, and you actually experience something that starts to make sense, my coordination began to synchronize. And when I started figuring it out, by the end of my first day, I could actually do everything. I was able to crew, not not, not everything, but this guy is a preacher. Uh, I was jumping, flips. (laughs) Cracked myself up sometimes. He's wild. I actually was able to kind of go up and down and not, not, you know, not, not, and live, you know, keep living. And I realized at the end of that first day, I'm like, man, I love this. This is like a, I had no idea that you can have this much fun in the snow. That summer I would go out and buy all my snow, snowboard stuff, got my own gear, my own board. What are you saying that for? I think there's moments of your life that you're in an environment that is foreign. 
you're in maybe even an environment that's scary, but there's sometimes just there's key cri critical moments. The Bible calls them kairos moments. Kairos moments is when God puts you in an atmosphere or an environment that before, before that moment of your life, it was scary, it was intimidating. I would even say in some ways you would, you would avoid it. But there's moments of your life that you realize with God that he puts you there for a purpose. I think Mark is a prophetic chapter for California. I think that this is a prophetic story for this church. That there's actually moments in our life that God actually wants us to come alive and go, Oh my gosh, I had no idea that I could actually do something great in this atmosphere. I love the story because it's about a guy that has 6,000 demons living inside of him. Now let me say this, because I know when you say the word demons, people get all freaked out. Like that was a Bible thing. That wasn't really, like that doesn't happen anymore. Reinhard Bonnke says that in other nations we have demons. In America we have disorders. Another message. But what I like to say is C.S. Lewis said it best. He said, you know who the devil's favorite people are? The ones that, that say he doesn't exist. And his second favorite group of people are the ones that say he exists everywhere. They make him omnipotent. And I want to let you know that the devil is not omnipotent, that demons are real, but we have the victory over all that stuff. Can I get a good witness today? Some people deny the existence of a spiritual realm. There is a first heaven that we live on. There is a second heaven that we don't see, that we actually do wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but of principalities and powers and spiritual rulers of wickedness in heavenly places. That's the unseen realm. You know what I'm talking about because there's moments of your life that you're in an environment and I, I don't know what it is. You'll be sitting somewhere, you'll be listening to something, you'll be watching something and all of a sudden it's like something inside of you starts to come alive, good or bad, and you realize you're being influenced by something beyond our natural senses. Bible says there's demons 61 times in the New Testament and there's a story, this guy is about as, is about as, <laughs> is about as full of them as you can get. This guy is like good news for us today because if someone that has 6,000 demons living inside of you can get free and become a preacher of Jesus Christ, I would say that's good news for all of us. You're like, Mark, I am jacked up. Well, you're not that messed up because you got clothes on right now. Okay? There's hope for all of us today because you're like, look, I got some clothes on. I got clothes on. I actually, I don't have chains hanging from my wrist right now that I just broke in the cemetery last night. And I'm not cutting myself up in the mountains right now. You're in church. I would say today that if this guy that was that broken, that full of darkness, that oppressed by hell itself, if this guy had the ability to see Jesus from a distance, I would say that today anybody can see him. And some of you right now, you can feel it in this atmosphere. How would you define this environment? You'd say, I don't know why. I, just, I, I'm, I feel like I'm starting to get a glimpse of God. It said he saw him from a distance, verse 6, and he ran to him. And notice what happens when we run to God. I'm going to deal with two categories today, but I want to deal with this one first. Is that there is no darkness in this earth that is powerful enough to keep you or me from running to God. This guy was possessed, but they couldn't stop him from running to Jesus. This guy was full of darkness, but they couldn't stop him from bowing to Jesus. This guy was in deep bondage, but they could not, hell could not stop him from lifting his hands and beginning to declare the goodness and the worship of Jesus Christ the Lord. 
And I would tell you today, there is not a heroin demon. There is not a demon of drugs, vices, lust, or perversion. The lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes are the pride of life that can stop you from coming to God. You see, I think many people, they don't realize they can be in bondage. Many people think, no, it's normal, Mark. I was born this way. You know, the good news is all of us were born screwed up. Some of you were born with anger proclivities. Some of you were born with lust issues and addictions. Some of you were born greedy. Some of you were born profoundly selfish. Let me rephrase that. All of us. I've never had to teach any of my kids to say, all right, Kenzie, Chloe, I want to teach you a word. You've got to learn it or you're going to be taken advantage of. Here's the word. Mine. Okay? Your friends come over. They start going after your stuff. You yell at them and you say, mine. I just want to protect you, okay? You know what I noticed? I haven't had to teach any of my kids to be selfish. You with me today? It's crazy how we are born in this world with proclivities, whatever they are. And I want to let you know the Bible says that Jesus came to set us completely free. Some of you today, you're like, Mark, I have no idea, but there is a darkness trying to attack me. And how does a man, how does a woman get transformed? I want to tell you these three things. Transformation occurs when we have a revelation of Jesus' lordship. How do you define lordship with Jesus? I'll I'll define it three ways. It's when you're willing to not run away from him, but to run to him. Say with me, run to him. I would say that lordship is defined not by your willingness to run to God. It would be defined as your willingness to bow to God. That I'm not going to just run to him. I'm going to surrender to him. I actually go on the record to say this demoniac didn't have a future, a purpose, until he ran, until he fell, and until he worshipped. Where did he get his peace to be sitting, clothed, and in his right mind? It was in his surrender to the lordship of Jesus to run to him, to bow to him, and to worship him. Can I get a good witness in the tents today? What are you saying? I'm saying that no one in this room is in so much darkness and so, so much blatant uh, 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 dark authority that the devil could keep you back from being free in God. He was sitting, he was clothed, he was in his right mind. And here's what we know is God had a purpose for his life. His purpose was to be a preacher. You know what I've found is most people hide in the fields that God wants you to have authority in. Adam and Eve's job was to tend and to keep the garden. Where did they hide after they ate the forbidden fruit? In the garden. And I believe most of you are hiding in the fields that God wants you to have authority in. There's preachers of righteousness that are hiding in bondage and darkness. There's worshipers in here that you're hiding in dark music. There's some of you in here, man, that you're like so creative, but you're using it for the kingdom of hell. God wants you to stop hiding in the fields you're called to reign in. Yeah, I appreciate it. Mom, thanks. Thank mom. Mom's in the back clapping for me. I appreciate my mom. She had my back right there. What do you say? I, I feel this prophetically today. This is a dead place. This is a high place. This is a place where there's chains and addiction. And I believe that, that, was, that there was a description of our state right now. It's a place that people are, it's high, it's glamorous. Maybe on Friday nights, Saturday nights, people are living the high life. But it's crazy that they're living a the high life, but they're still in chains. And not only are they in chains, but they're living in dead places. They're looking for love in dead places. They're looking for purpose in dead places. People that are willing to leverage their life to save everything on the planet except go after their Savior. 
going out. Are you hearing me today? And I just, I heard the Lord saying that there's something about making God. Notice what it says. I think it's verse 19. Jesus said to him, he said, uh, he said, I want you not to come with me because the guy was asking for a job on his staff. Can I work at the church? He's like, I don't need you to work at the church. I need you to go back to the life that you had before the drugs took over. I need you to go back to the life that you had before you got into bondage to that darkness. The kids you went to high school with, the co-workers at the boardroom, I don't need you to work at the church. I need you to go back to where you had influence before you fell into darkness. And I need you to tell them what great things. Who? The Lord. I believe many of us have never experienced the great things of the Lord because we've never fell at his feet, we've never ran to him, and we've never worshipped him as Lord. Now, there's different types of worship. Different types of worship. And the worship that I'm talking about today is when you say, God, I'm willing to make you supreme owner, supreme ruler. The word in the Greek is the word kurios. And it literally means that you are the owner you are the supreme director. You are the blessed controller of my life. And I'm telling you today, as the band comes up here, we're almost finished. I feel like this morning, two groups I want to deal with. First one is you're here today and you go, Mark, there's areas of my life that I need to return to God in. I don't have purpose right now. You know where purpose is manufactured? Surrender. You want to know where you figure out your calling in your boardroom? Your calling in your marriage? You're calling with your children. I'll tell you where it is. It's when you willfully go, you know, God, honestly, I've been living in the cemetery. I've been hanging out in the high places. I've been cutting myself and crying out. You know what I want to do now? I actually want to come back to you. I want you to get rid of every ounce of, of godlessness, darkness that I've opened myself up to. Some of you today, you have no idea that you're fighting the giants that your mom refused to kill. You're fighting the giants that your grandfather refused to fight. And I'm telling you that if you don't kill it in your generation, your children will inherit your giants. I don't want to pass any of that garbage onto my kids. I believe there's things that are here today that God says, if you return to me, you watch how I'll restore what the locust has devoured. You watch how I'll send you into 10 cities with a message that'll cause all to marvel. Some of you are getting ready to be raised up God's redeeming the cemeteries. God's redeeming the high places. God's evicting the cutting and the crying. And God's getting ready to send us in to restore a broken land. Yeah, I feel it. You know what you don't hear about in Mark chapter 5 and 20 verses? You don't hear anything about the disciples. You know why? Because they were probably sucking their thumbs in the boat. Because good Jewish boys aren't supposed to be in cemeteries. They're not supposed to be around dead things. They're not supposed to be around demon-possessed, unclean people. And they're not supposed to be around pigs. But you know what God will do if you follow him? He'll say there's areas that you thought were off limits that you were actually born for. There's actually areas in this state that no one else will ever have authority in if you don't fully return to me. You see, the problem is, is we try to return to those areas, those fields, before we're set apart for God. I believe that all of us have to go to the University of Silence. Yeah, Moses went for 40 years. Saul went for 14 years. I could go down the roster. Joseph went to it for 17 years. And there's others like the, like the disciples. They went to a three-year university 
of setting themselves apart so that God could send them back in to turn the world upside down. You see, the truth is, you'll never turn the world upside down until you let the Lord turn your life upside down. Yeah, I feel something in here today. The problem is you have no authority in your world because you never surrender to God. And there is something that will happen here and now when you say, God, all that I have is yours. I shared this at our college retreat. I think the most dangerous, the most radical prayer you could pray, I prayed it 20 years ago, is I said, Lord, whatever you want me to do with my life, all that I am, all that I have, all that I'll ever be, it belongs to you. And I'll tell you what, when you run to him and you fall to him and you worship him, not as a God, but as the God. Not as a way, but as the way. I'll tell you, there is 10 million ways to hell. There is one way to heaven. And when we come to God and we say, look, I don't care what everybody else thinks. I am here. I'm at your feet. I'm running to you. I'm surrendered. And you are my Lord. You watch how God will send you to your Decapolis. Your cities. I actually believe that every one of us is called to cities. We're called to impact cities. Why are you alive? Well, I'm alive just, well, I'm alive to, you know, worship God. You can do that in heaven. Why are you alive? Well, I'm alive to enjoy God. You can enjoy God in heaven. Why are you alive? Well, is there some things that right now in your life will not make it to the next life? until you fully yield yourself to God. I feel today, God wants to remind you how big He is. He wants to remind you how long eternity is. And He wants to remind you that if the church doesn't cry for society, society won't cry for itself. We gotta have a heart to see God move in the dead places. We gotta reclaim these cemeteries. We gotta reclaim these mountains, these mountains that people are crying in, cutting themselves in. Who will God send? Here I am send me. Here I am. Send me. Get out of the boat. Stop sucking your thumb. Stop saying it's too unclean. Stop saying there's too many pigs there. God will use you to change that environment. Here's what I know. is God will give his disciples authority over storms, over spirits, and God will reach the unsavable. I repeat, God will give you authority over storms. He'll give you authority over spirits, and he'll give you authority over the unsavable. He'll help you reach people that no one else thought could be reached. And I would go on the record to say that beyond that, God will use, God will use uh, seasons of darkness to remind you that our hope is in running, our hope is in falling, and our hope is in worshiping God. Some of you, you've met God, but you've never been transformed, sitting, clothed, and in your right mind because you've never made Him Lord. Do you know when you know he's Lord? Here's a, here's a revelation of lordship. Mark 5, I think it's 18 and 19, it says that he begged, I want to go with you. But Jesus says, nope, go back home. Return to where you live before you fell into darkness. And you know that you're worshiping God as Lord when you're asking to go with him and he sends you another direction. I'm telling you today, some of you, you're asking God to bless what you're doing instead of going where God is blessing. And I feel like today, God will bless you. God will use you. God will make you salt and light to the world around you. 
I feel something shifting today. We're returning. Come on, I, I feel like today, some of you, you might be in your 70s, and you would say it's been 20 years since I've given God my whole heart. It's been 15 years since I fully surrendered to God. And today, I just feel like lordship worship is a, is a worship of full surrender. God, my business is yours. My house is yours. Even as Cody says, all my, all my kids, my marriage, it all, it all belongs to you. You are the Lord. Come on, today, say this prayer all over Ocean's Church. Say, Lord, what are you saying to me? How many are up for, come on, running to God today? Anybody up for getting freer, freer and freer? Anybody up here today to say, God, I will bow. I will say, you are God. And anybody in this, t- in this church still believe that when you worship him as Lord, things can be transformed. Transform my mind. Transform my heart. Get me out of darkness and addictions. Get me out of bondage and selfishness. I return to you as Lord. And then God starts to give you your marching orders on how you change Orange County. You come to him as Lord. You worship him. He gives you your marching orders. He gives you a message that will cause everyone in your family to marvel. I can't believe what happened to my brother. I can't believe what happened to my sister. People will want to come where you are today because they see the transformation of where you were before. I pray today that we would be a church that fully and entirely returns to you as Lord. Here today all over the room, how many would say this? You know, Mark, truth is, I feel like God is calling me to return today. I feel like he's calling me to fully return. I'm at, I feel like I'm lacking peace, lacking clarity. I feel a little bit exposed in this season. And I don't feel like I'm quite in the right mindset that I'm supposed to be in. But I'm running to God. I'm bowing to God. And I'm going to begin to worship him as the Lord. That's you today. I want you to raise your hands all over the tents. I don't have time to belabor it. I'm running back. I'm surrendering to. And I'm worshiping as. I'm coming back. I'm returning to. I'm bowing to. And I'm going to worship him as Lord. Hands up all over today. Come on, I'm coming all the way back. I'm coming all the way back. How many say, I want to rededicate my life today? Come on, just wave your hands to God. God. I want to give you all that I am, all that I have. First time decisions for Jesus. Just go ahead and lift your hands right now, right now. I feel, I feel something in here today. How many, just, just for a second, just, just raise your hands if you're returning with your faith and you're rededicating your life today. Or for the first time, you're putting your faith in God. Just lift your hands real high. That's, I feel like God is calling me back. He's calling me back. Four, five, six, seven, eight, yeah, nine. Real high, real high. Nine hands, ten hands, real high. Keep them up. I see ten. Anybody else? Awesome. A lot over here. So good. Online, just write heart. H-E-A-R-T. We'll get out of here in a few minutes. I want you to pray this prayer all of oceans, all over today, all over oceans. Say, Jesus, today, I declare I'm running back to you. I bow. I acknowledge that you are the ruler, the controller, and the owner over everything in life. So I give you the keys to my life, my future, and my heart. Would you heal me? Would you forgive me? And would you fill me with your sweet Holy Spirit? From here out, my life is yours. Pray this action prayer. Say, Lord, give me a church. Give me a Bible, and let me know your voice. In Jesus' name. God will give you a God of community. You pray that prayer. Come on, let's give God a hand clap for those 11 people today. Returning, 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 returning. 
hey, there's four more. There's four more. You didn't raise your hand. You're like, I think I was supposed to, but I missed the bus. Close your eyes all over oceans today. There's four more, four more that you're going to return to the Father today. You've been away from God for a long time. Return it today. Some of you, you've never known the voice of God, but you feel your heart beating out of your ribcage. There's four more. You didn't raise your hand. You didn't, but you were supposed to. Go ahead right now. Eyes closed. No one's looking. I'm not going to embarrass you. Just raise it right now. There's, there's four more. I'll give you three. I'll give you, I'll give you a count of three. One. There's one. Yeah, yeah. Two. Come on. There's two right there. And three real high. There's four more. There's four more. I see two hands. There's, there's two hands real high. Three hands. Three hands. Is there one more? There's four. I think there's four. I know God speaks to me. There's four. There's four. There's four. Thank you. Thank you. There's four. Awesome. Four hands. Awesome. Okay. Let's pray that prayer with those four to say, Lord, today I give you my heart. I invite you in. I come to you. I bow to you. Surrender to you. Worshiping you as Lord. Jesus Christ's name. Now watch this. If you're here, everyone just stand your feet. There's some of you here today. I, I just I want to pray one prayer and then I want to pray for the sick. If you're here today and you're like, Mark, I believe that God wants me to have authority in the cemeteries of California. I believe that God wants to give me authority to call to calm storms, people that are cutting themselves, crying out, people that are in bondage and chains. I think that God wants to use me to bring those people out of their insanity and bring them back to God in their right mind. If you would say, Mark, today, would you pray for me that God would use me to bring California, to bring light and salt to the dead places that I'm living in right now in this state? Would you pray for the Spirit of God to fill me up with boldness, authority, and courage in Jesus' name? Would you just lift your hands? We need some, we need some brave Christians in the day that we're living in. We need, some, we need some Christians that are intoxicated with the Spirit of God. All over the room today, if your hands are up, come on, say, Jesus, I invite the power, the boldness, the authority of the Holy Spirit. Lead me all the way out of darkness, of sin, of disobedience, and lead me by your grace, by your mercy into your authority. I want to change with you, my Decapolis. Come on, name your city right now. Your Rancho, Rancho Mission Viejo, Newport Coast, come on, Corona, Corona Del Mar. We pray them in right now. The San Clemenes, the San Juans, the Dana Points. We call them into the kingdom. We call in Tustin. We call in Orange. We call in Irvine. We call them in. We call them in. We call them in. We're praying today, Lord, that we would go with signs and wonders, full surrender, full send, in Jesus' name. So pray this last prayer of those that raise your hands and say, Lord, today I commit to bring in your light to the cemeteries and to the high places of my week. I pray today you would send me to my friends, to my hometowns, my childhood friends and my family and let them marvel at the transformation that your spirit would do in my life in Jesus name do you know this is already happening in our church you know why this church keeps growing I'll tell you why we don't spend a lot of money we, we hardly spend any money on advertising you don't have to advertise a fire 
You don't have to advertise the fire. When people see your light, life catch fire, you don't have to advertise that. They see it. You know why our college keeps growing? Because siblings saw the fire. Because cousins saw the fire. And I'll tell you that this church will be a wave of revival to this county because men and women are getting ready to see the fire. You ready? I'm going to sing this one last time. If you're here today and you need a healing in your body, I want you to lift your hand right now. There's someone that you're addicted to methamphetamine. God's going to set you free today. If you're here today, I don't care, physical healing, you got an ear infection, a staph infection, I want you to lift your hands right now. Cancer, you might, you might have an issue of blood in your body, a barrenness, lift your hands right now. All over, all over, all over. If someone's hands up next to you, go ahead and find them right now, Oceans. We are a praying church. Please don't leave until we finish this up, unless you have to catch a plane. We're going to finish this up like this. We're going to pray, we're going to sing a song, we'll get you out of here. I'm going to lay your hands on them right now. All over this church, say in Jesus' name, we release the Spirit of God. You would heal, set free, and fill with the Spirit of God. Do what only you can do faster, better, fuller, now, now, in Jesus Christ's name. We give you the glory. I'm going to sing this song one time. Come on, let's give him some praise from close. We got brothers and sisters, moms and dads, grandparents and children, grandchildren that God is bringing back home. Do this me a favor. Come on, just stretch with your hands to the north. We call in every son. We call in every daughter. We declare this is a week of breakthrough. This is a week of getting a hold of family that's lost and wandering. We call them home in Jesus' name. Say with me. We call them home in Jesus' name. To the east, we call them home. Come on, say, we call them home in Jesus' name. To the south, we call them home 
in Jesus name to the west come on we call them home in Jesus name this will be a year of awakening back to the Father in Jesus name if you believe it come on give a good hand clap and a shout thanks for listening to our podcast have a great week